All right, guys, it's time for the Next Level Guy Show, a men's interview, interest, and improvement-focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. Today's guests are Emily and Thomas from M-Loves. Emily is the head coach and co-founder who completed a 100-date experiment and went on 101 dates with 52 different men. She used the research from the experiment to become the foundation for her successful coaching programme. And today she's an expert at helping men and women find love using a method called mega dating, which is a process of dating multiple people at the same time to diffuse energy and increase confidence. Thomas is a coach and co-founder and spent six years being single in San Francisco, one of the most treacherous cities for men to date. During this time, he researched and experimented heavily with dating, courtship and mate selection. He conducted numerous data-driven psychology, communication and relationship strategy experiments, which ultimately led him to meeting Emily and ending her 100-date experiment. Years later, they're still together, happily married and have a child. Together, they help men and women, just like you, reach these very same milestones. The theory is, do the work to find the right partner from the start, and you can avoid divorce and unhappiness in the long run. They train you to win first place in love by attracting your perfect partner, by treating dating as a social experiment. And now, let's get to the interview. Um, You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Well, it's so good to have a dating coach on because I need all the help I can get. My mom is delighted that I'm getting the the help that I need. But for people who don't recognize your names and you're, you know, you've got the sensational products, you're helping so many people. How would you introduce yourselves? Yeah. Uh, Emily and Thomas, uh, we're the head coaches here. Um, Emily, I would say is the main event. She did the 100 date experiment. I'll let her rattle that off. Um, but we got a great team of coaches who help all of our students. We work with men who are looking for relationships or love or marriage, uh, want to take their dating game to the next level. And that's kind of who we focus uh, on helping. Yeah. Nailed it. What, what, what else could you say? I mean, that's they did a great job. Yeah. yeah. We're, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Rattle it off. No, that's all. Okay. <laughs> so before you got into this and did your experiment, et cetera, what was your dating history like? Because I know I would never want anybody to see the the Ooh, the question. pre the pre Ian, but what would you say you were like? What was your success like, or how did you approach dating beforehand? Um, yeah, when I before I started the one hundred date experiment, I was coming out of a really toxic relationship, and um, I was really not sure whether love existed or not. Um, I really didn't see any role models in my family for good relationships, and. Uh, the relationship I came out of was really unhealthy and I knew that I couldn't have that happen again. Um, so I decided, you know, I was in school, I was learning how to do experiments like social experiments. And I thought, why not do a dating experiment and see if 
love is real, if it can actually make things better, and if you can figure out what causes success and failure in dating. Um, and so that's kind of how that how that started. But it came from basically being terrible at dating and not having a clue, you know. And and I dated a couple people where I told them, you know, oh yeah, I told my mom about you, and you're the perfect guy, and yeah. Um, hot mess for me, <laughs> I would say. Uh, I was coming out of a toxic relationship and I wanted to make sure that I didn't repeat that again. And um, and I also didn't know if, if true love existed. I was wondering if, you know, I didn't have any role models in my family or anything like that. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to figure out what caused success and failure in dating because I couldn't quite figure out why I'd stayed in a bad relationship for three years. And I wanted to make sure I didn't have that happen again. So you went on a hundred day experiment while you were at Berkeley, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where I met her. Um, but before that, uh, I was single for about five years and, um, I moved to San Francisco, um, at 25 years old, all by myself, had no friends. Um, I went there for a job and, uh, you know, my dating game was a total mess. Um, San Francisco is a very tough market for men to date. Um, and I really struggled competing against guys who were, you know, 27, 28, 29, 30 and older. Um, and, but I did have a friend who, um, did teach me a little bit. Um, he was in the pickup artistry community. I, I tried that for a couple months, thought that was really inauthentic. It really wasn't for me, but I did pick up, um, some conversation skills and things that, that helped at least get me moving in, on the right, um, uh, path forward. Um, and then, you know, every year I got a little bit better and better and better. Um, I literally did everything in person back then. There was like, okay, Cupid and match, but I really wasn't into that. Um, so I, I went out a lot and I met a lot of women in person. We actually met through um, that same friend. Um, so we kind of met through a mutual friend. So uh, just improved every, every week for five years. Well, look, and you went through this 100 date experiment. What was the initial kind of idea to look at it from a data-driven focus rather than an emotional kind of reaction to dates? You know, what did you learn about yourself, about dating, about attraction during that time? Um, so really, I learned that the ego, which is, you know, how we, you know, it's like our identity, right? The ego really can hold us back from love and, and it can you know, it's, it's really about being vulnerable. I think that was like the biggest takeaway. It was like, you got to be vulnerable. You got to be real with people. And when I first started the the dating experiment, I thought, oh, I'll be so sarcastic on my profile. And, you know, basically I had a lot of defense mechanisms. I was trying to be clever and cool instead of real and authentic. Um, and that was just my ego, you know, trying not to get hurt. Right. And so, I think that's the biggest thing I learned is, is that you got to just be yourself and you got to be really authentic. Although that's hard to say, you know, you just tell somebody, Oh, just be yourself. What does that mean? You know, it's, it's a journey to get there to even figure out who that is a lot of times. Yeah. I, I tell everybody, you know, who wants to join our program, um, you know, dating is not a quick fix. It's not something that a, a couple of sessions is going to make you a Don Juan. It's something that you have to um, dedicate, you know, 30 minutes a day, um, you know, an hour a day, a few days a week in order to um, get to the results that you want to get to. Um, if you want to start and stop dating, uh, you want to date for a, a couple weeks and then take three months off and repeat that cycle, uh, the pattern is going to continue. And can you give an explanation of what the, you know, the experiment was? Because 
I actually love this idea of looking at things instead of looking at it as an emotional activity like, you know, I'm, I'm a bit nervous about going back to jiu-jitsu after a year's injury. And I thought, oh, I'm making such a big deal of it in my head. But when I learned about your approach to experiments about dating, I thought, I can do that for jiu-jitsu. And it took all the stress, the purpose away, and I focused just on the raw data and doing it again and again and again. And it's breathtaking how you remove all that stress and the hassle. But how do you apply it to dating and how do you keep it, you know, for somebody that's doing that kind of experiment and Thomas, for yourself, who's actually been on, speaking to somebody who's doing that kind of experiment, what was your views on that kind of experiment from both sides? Yeah, you know, we look at it so much more like a process and like a science experiment. You know, we want to put our students in the mind of a researcher, because if you look at dating as almost like you're a third party neutral observer to yourself and you're observing yourself in this dating environment and you're no longer putting any um, like value, this is good, this is bad on what's happening. Rather, it's just data collection, like when we talked about work, I noticed that she did this as opposed to, oh, I totally messed up. I said the wrong thing. It takes that that layer of self-judgment away, which, you know, really that doesn't do you any good anyway. If you can get curious, that's when you can become less judgmental towards yourself in the process of dating and you no longer look at it like your expectations go away basically. And so you can be more present in the moment. You can understand what's causing you to have success and failure in dating and, and really look at it without judgment. And I think that allows you to really make those changes because if we don't look at ourselves as like, Oh man, I'm terrible at this. Instead, we're like, when I say this, I notice people make this facial expression and maybe that means that it's not really what I should be talking about. It's just so much easier to make changes. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the the great things about, you know, our program and services, you know, there's a male and a female head coach. So I know from my experiment um, back in the day that if I went out and I, you know, approached, you know, eight women every single weekend and I had a goal of getting one number, um, eventually I had go- a goal of who cares? Uh, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to get to my eight and I don't really care if I don't get a number. Um, and I think, um, you know, we're trying to datafy dating as much as possible. It's really difficult. Um, but we, you know, we do leads trackers and we give our students like a workbook where they're able to look at their success on a, on a numbers level, um, assuming that they're tracking everything that, that we tell them to do. Um, so they're able to say, okay, the normal metric here is 22%. You're at 18. Um, how can we get up to the normal metric? Because I love that idea because I'm like, I'm a big fan of systems. I love making routines, processes. I sound so enthusiastic and interesting, I know. But I think when I was thinking, why didn't I do this with dating? But then I kind of thought, I kind of do it with A-B testing. You know, I have different profiles, different photos. And I was like, okay, that's quite interesting. But how do you get somebody to actually start believing they can get you know do 100 dates somebody that's maybe a virgin somebody that's come back after a divorce you know do you see a similarity in the problems guys come to you with and also how do you start getting them to believe it because like for me i can't imagine having 50 dates in a short time how do you get somebody that that self-esteem up yeah great question you know one of the biggest components of our program is we have peer sharing 
So you're not just working with one coach, you're actually interacting with all of the students in our program. And you can see when other students are succeeding, we have a hashtag win philosophy. So in this um, online community, this private online community that we have, students can see each other, interact with each other, and then also they share their wins. And so one guy who might be like, oh, I'm never going to get there, sees that someone else just got into a relationship and he's only been in the program for two months. Or they see that this guy's gone on, you know, we had one student who who went on like 70 dates. And by no means do you need to do 100 dates. I actually right. only, I only have you focus on 20 dates in 90 days. And that's really so that you can um, see patterns in your selection process and make changes. You don't need to do 100 dates. But to be able to see what's going on for other men and realize, A, I'm not alone. I'm going through the same thing. And then this guy, he just got in a relationship. Well, man, I, I feel like I could do it too. You know? So that's a huge thing, I think, is just seeing your peers succeed. Yeah. I mean, with the self-esteem thing, I think everybody's a little lonely these days. Um, for example, you know, so our program never ends. It's a lifetime program. Um, and one of the reasons we're doing that is because people can meet each other. Um, the New York guys, there's a big pot of New York guys in our program. They just actually had a barbecue. They all met up in real life. Um, they got to know each other. You know, um, you know, we, they share their wins and losses. They go out together. I run a biweekly man cave event in the program as well, where everybody can come and all the guys, it's men only. We got a big woman coach team, but I run that call. Guys can come in, share war stories, um, get stuff off their chest uh, and move forward. Yeah. And I think they're relating to each other really helps them to see that this is possible for me. You know, somebody might be telling their story and be like, man, I didn't think I could do this, but then I changed my photos and I changed my outfits and blah, 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 blah. And I use the messaging strategy. And now like I have more matches than I know what to do with. And I think that really helps them to think, okay, well it's maybe I could do it too. And then they start following the, the system just to see if it's possible for them. And then they start having wins and they're like, holy shit, you know, like this is cool. So how would you start with somebody setting goals, like realistic goals? Because, you know, you're going to get somebody that comes in and thinks they've just come out of a relationship. They're going to walk in and meet the lady of their dreams. But there's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of people just there for attention and stuff like that. How do you start mm -hmm. kind of drawing them in, but also bringing people up to think, no, you're not just going to have to find the dregs. You know, how do you get them to kind of understand their value but also not overestimate what they're going to do and lose confidence because they haven't seen that success as they go along. Yeah. I mean, I'll start this one. Um, I do most of all the introductory calls. Um, so, you know, I go really deep with them in the beginning um, before they're even a member of the program. Um, I'll, I'll be able to determine after 10 years of doing this um, where they're at on their journey. If they've never been on a date, never been on a relationship, um, and I'll determine for the team, like what their, their, their goals are. We try to do 20 dates in 90 days. In some cases it's like, Hey, let's get your first date and then we'll figure out a plan. Right. Um, so we're able to kind of customize the plan for each person based on their skill level. And we determine that on the first call. So that makes sense. Do you want to yeah. add anything there? Mm. How do you get them to, so we do have an exercise that helps them to see their value right off the bat, like right in the beginning, they do this exercise that helps them to see, oh, I actually have these cool things about me that I didn't even like realize. And a lot of people don't, you know, you, um, without like giving it away, cause it's a part of our program, um, you know, starting, starting with a confidence booster exercise is really helpful. And then 
a lot of the times the reason people don't have confidence in dating is because there's no classes for it. There's no roadmap for it. We don't learn how to date in school. And if you didn't have somebody like a role model in your life showing you what to do, it seems like a totally foreign language that there's no book for. Um, but once you give somebody the formula and they see, oh, this is like learnable, this is actionable, this is repeatable, I could keep doing this over and over and get the results that I want, that naturally gives them more confidence. And then they, like I said, start having quick wins that makes them realize, oh, yeah, I actually am valuable. And I'll say like, so our, our major philosophy is called mega dating where you date multiple people at the same time in a low stakes environment to really diffuse your energy and increase your confidence. As you go on multiple dates with multiple people, you you start to naturally become more confident because you're not laser focused on one person and you're able to see like you don't look at yourself as much as you're looking outward at the other people that you're dating. And it helps to really diffuse your energy and just boost your confidence because you're like, wow, you know. If this girl doesn't like me, it's interesting because this one does. And, you know, it just helps you to realize that you don't need to take it so personally if something's not working out. Yeah. And do you find there's like a problem with the way that, like you're saying, we weren't taught this at school, that we kind of hold these traditional ideas of what attraction is, how the, the men's role in the relationship, how you're to chat, how you're to you know, to offer dates, to go for dinners and things like that. Do we need to scrap all that with a modern way of dating with, you know, how both sexes now want to, to you know, find what they want and have their style of dating? We don't have to go down the traditional values of what's expected of you in a relationship because I think that really messes up a lot of people, like when they're younger. We're never taught how to to communicate it being the most natural thing in the world, but we're not taught how to just be normal people and show our true selves to people. You're told to play a character, to take people on two-hour dinner dates and stuff like that. Do you think we need to just scrap the rule book with modern-day kids? I would definitely scrap dinner dates. I think dinner dates are, are definitely a no-go. At least for a first or second date, I wouldn't do it that high pressure. That's so stressful. You get on the date, you know in 30 seconds whether you want to see the person again. Then, you know, if it's not somebody that you want to spend time with, you're like committing not only to a lot of time, but probably a lot of money too. And then it's awkward. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, Ian, I mean, over the last five, six, seven years, traditional dating, putting all your eggs in one basket has been degrading at a pretty high clip. Um, just from what we've been seeing in terms of how to get men um, into a relationship. Um, so yeah, I would say that it's already been degrading um, the traditional values. I, I'm, I would call it almost dead at this point. Some of it, some, some of, it. of it, some of it. I sure. will say, sure. you know, we all have masculine and feminine energy inside of us. And to create the sexual tension in a romantic relationship you want to have polarity between masculine and feminine energy. So there are certain things that you want to do that are kind of um, like, you know, like traditionally masculine. Yeah, t being a leader, right? We mm -hmm. teach men how to be leaders and women in a lot of ways when they get off work, um, when they've had their masculine role all day, they want to let go and they want a man to lead um, the conversation, the communication and, and really the entire date. Yeah, date so planning. that's how, that's what we do for our men as we turn them into leaders. Because yeah. that's why I was very interested in your program because, you know, you t made it like very low stake dinner, um, you know, going and meeting somebody in a coffee shop, go and then judge it, you know, not 
not putting too much emphasis on it, you know, not thinking this is the only person I'm going to get to chat to so you can be more relaxed and confident and enjoy yourself, etc. Without going too much into the programme, is there a way you could sort of suggest how somebody would analyse a potential partner, somebody that they're they're meeting? You know, is it just instinct and listening to your gap? Or, you know, how would you, like, analyse a date afterwards? I think you did voice notes. What kind of data would you track at that point? Yeah, we do track a lot of data. We have, some, we have a date journal in our workbook where um, I have our students track all kinds of things um, just without like giving it all away. Things that are important to look at are like, did she make me laugh? Did she offer to split the bill? Um, you know, what's the most vulnerable thing she shared? Can you remember her eye colors? Yeah. Things like that, that, um, well, the eye color thing is to see if you're being present on the sure. date or if you're in your head. If you can't remember their eye color, you're probably thinking too much about what to say next as opposed to just mm. being right there in the moment. Um, but yeah, there's definitely patterns that you want to look for. We also, in our program, we teach people about what time of day they should be going on dates, what day of the week they should be going on dates, how much money they should be spending on dates. And so those are things we track as well, just to see like there's predictable um, choices you can make in dating that will cause you to have lower success. So we want to track those and make sure that we're changing those habits like dinner on a first date. That's a bad habit. Um, and so those are things that we look at, but then also you want to look at, uh, we have something called the ideal girlfriend profile in our program and you use your own dating history to really identify what traits you're looking for in your ideal partner, as well as what traits you don't want to find again, right? I don't want another alcoholic or I don't want another woman who's whatever. Um, you want to track it and see if your patterns are shifting or if you're continuously attracting maybe a toxic relationship pattern. So we use like, we use basically um, data sheets. Like we're kind of nerdy. We're really into data and, and spreadsheets and things like that. So we track it. We try to take the subjective experience and quantify it, make it a data um, informing process. No, I love it because I'm a big fan of Excel spreadsheets. I love kind of manipulating the data and checking it and things like that and making a system of it. But you must have had a lot of feedback during these dates. Was there kind of a standard thing you'd hear from guys saying, you know, why they thought they weren't successful with women, why they broke up with their partners? Did you see kind of where guys were going wrong with it or the baggage they were bringing along to it? Because I know when I was younger, I broke up with my ex and I used her as a benchmark. So I kept her on this magical pedestal that she was the best. <laughs> and I judged everybody against her and mm -hmm. a couple of dates. They weren't giving me the highs that go with this girl were, but I wasn't giving them the chance to bring me to that level. Mm. Do you think that's the kind of like, how do we go in it with open eyes and an open heart rather than, well, what's the point? It's not going to be like my ex or anything like that. You know, mm. do you see the the problems, commonalities and problems people brought? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say just first off from one thing I wouldn't tell you is um, when you're not over your ex yet or your past relationship, we'll, we'll send you to therapy. We'll send you off to somebody else who can help you solve that before joining mm. our program. Um, we want to make sure people are totally ready to date and be open. 50% uh, of dating app users have never actually been on a date on the app. So we want to make sure the people we bring in our program 
um, are ready to go out there and date and not be a plague to the dating apps. Yeah, I would say too. Um, let's see. There's a couple of things that I wanted to address there. Yeah, being ready is really important. Um, I think the process of mega dating, which, like I said before, is the process of dating multiple people at the same time in a low stakes environment, and it's really trying to go on twenty dates in ninety days. It it removes that pressure. Because you're not going into date number one with like, this is going to be my wife or this better be, she better be better than my ex or she's out. You're looking at it from such a different perspective. You're like, I'm a researcher. I'm trying to figure out whether I like this person and why, whether I don't like this person and why, whether they like me and why. You're just collecting data. So it takes that pressure off to this is going to be the one, you know, Um, and I think that naturally helps with the comparison thing. Yeah, and if you're putting your ex on a pedestal, um, my my biggest thing for that is like, why are you doing it? What are you gaining out of doing that? How is it holding you back? Um, that's something that needs to be solved ASAP. Otherwise, you might get stuck for months or years in the same position. Because I, I can remember when I kind of just the light bulb came on and I switched off, and I was like, whoa, I've kind of been living in the past i've been creating this you totally you know and it was kind of like this is where it would have been perfect for me because if i had your program at that time i could have killed it because i was suddenly it opened so many doors i was like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and i just found i think it's terrifying that so many people are living destroyed by somebody else without knowing how to do that how to change it and i always i do recommend like therapy and stuff like that but that's why your programs are fantastic because you're showing people that there are better ways to do this and you can help them in so many different ways. So if somebody was listening just now and thought, okay, you've mentioned the program a few times, what do I get out of this? Because you have a very stacked set of coaches. You know, you look into so many different avenues and help and so many different factors of dating. Why should somebody pick up a, your program at the moment? What, this would be a perfect time to start selling it. What do I get if I sign up for your program? I'll yeah. Let you take yeah. I mean, look, um, if somebody's interested in our program, I think the first thing that they should do is watch our free masterclass. It's about a 40 minute video um, where they can really determine like if they think it's right for them. Emily leads this uh, masterclass. It's pre-recorded. She talks about our philosophy. She, she, she uh, um, introduces our team of coaches. Um, she'll even walk through some of our date blueprints. Um, you know, most people who watch that um, will know for sure if it's right for them or not. Um, but really, um, our program is the power of it is we don't give up on anybody. So it's a lifetime membership. Um, so if accepted, if it's a good fit, right. And we decide to work together, um, you know, there's a huge video curriculum of material, um, you know, hours doesn't really matter. It's the material itself, but there's about 20 hours material that you'll want to get through in the first 30 days to catch up with everybody else in the program. Um, we got two group coaching calls every single week that Emily leads where you can literally get coaching for the rest of your life. Um, we know after doing this for 12 years, um, that it takes about two to nine months for most guys to get in a relationship. Um, so, um, we used to do a 90 day program back in the day. Um, I don't know, it was 30 or 40% of the guys would get into relationships by then. So that wasn't good enough for us. Um, you know, we like to be a player, so we want to make sure we see everybody to their goal, whether it takes two or nine months. Um, Accountability buddies, meeting friends is really cool in our program. 
Um, if like you're a New York City guy, for example, and you move there for a job and you're single and you're looking to meet friends and date, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a better community and program out there for you. Um, any major metro really. Um, but yeah, it's a really inclusive um, program. You know, we, we don't really work with people who are looking for hookups or anything like that. We're just helping men find love and long-term relationships and, um, you know, improving their dating skills um, as well. So yeah. Anything else? Yeah, we'll just we're gonna help you find love, man. We're gonna yeah. do everything we need to do. So we got all the stuff, all the things that you need. Yep. Cause that's what I do find is a lot of people move towards pickup because they don't believe they can get the girls that they want. You know, they, they're just looking for connection rather than oh, that's the person for me, that's potentially a serious partner. I mean, I've I was into pickup when I was younger and you you play a character, you know, it, it ruined me. But I find this kind of approach so much better that you help the person find themselves, be themselves and meet people to, to actually find potential dates for them. And I love that you deal with relationships, not with hookups. And that's so refreshing to see in a dating scene. So for somebody listening, as they start going through this, how do they deal with the social exhaustion? You know, like, because I found going back to coffee dates when I spent so long putting on the COVID chunk of weight, you know, not going out. Suddenly people are saying, let's go for a coffee. And there was all these people everywhere. And I found multiple nights out just just knackering. How how do you build up the social muscles, so to speak? You start small. So it depends on where you're at. Everyone starts from a different place. We've got, you know, a couple of people who still are a little bit hesitant to go out after COVID and, They started with mainly virtual dates, and that's working for them. So virtual dates to in-person dates, and that's kind of cool, too, because you're not having to mobilize, go out, spend money, you know, travel. You can just kind of see if you're vibing with somebody. If you can see them and hear them, I mean, 80% of communication is nonverbal. So that's really what you need to feel whether there's going to be chemistry. So it saves you time, and also it just gives you, like, little baby steps, and then even, you know, with, with one of our students that I'm thinking about going to a social event to meet people in person was really overwhelming. So I, you know, baby steps, it's like, why don't you just drive to the event, whether you go in or not, yeah. you, you took the step. It's kind of like, if you've ever heard, um, in personal training, they say, just put your workout clothes on. That's all. Just put them on. Cause once your workout clothes are on, you're going to probably want to go work out, but just focus on that one baby step. So just get in the car, go to the event. You don't have to get out of the car, but you probably will. Yeah, I, I have nothing to add to that. That's that was great. Yeah, but it did it did, did remind me when I was in college though. I was trying out for the baseball team, and I remember the there was multiple days of tryouts, and I remember just putting on my baseball clothes, and I drove there for the first day. And I literally just sat in the car. I was so scared. I went home. But the next day, I got, I went, and um, and I actually got out of the car. So that was that was interesting. Yeah. Yep. Just baby steps. It doesn't have to all be done in one day. Yep. Yeah, because they used to say that about working out: go in, do one set, one rep, and then leave if you want. But if you're still not feeling it at that point, leave and go home. But at least you would you've gone into the motion of fighting against that rejection muscle. Because that kind of leads me on to how do you deal with rejection how you know how do you reject nicely 
the people that you're not, you know, and maybe maintain friendships and stuff like that? And how do you sort of funnel them? Maybe, I don't know if it's leaning too much into the program, but is there a way we you could kind of give a bit of advice to people about how they can how they can decide if they would like to see somebody further. You know, maybe it's a date, a second date, rather than just, okay, the next person, the next person. What kind of data are you looking from? Uh, So I just want to make sure I understand the question. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have an answer? Um, The rejection port, how do we help? our men in our program with rejection? Was that the main question there? Yeah. It's how to, how to, t- how to go through the dates and think, okay, that's, I'm not interested. That person, oh, it could be a friend, that person I would like a second date with. How do you start putting them into their data sets to then proceed with it? So you're not leading people on, but also how do you deal with the say if yeah. somebody else says, like, I'm not interested, you know, thanks for the date, but I'm not interested. How yeah. do you reject and how do you, accept reject how do we make it not an emotional thing but a data okay that gives me more feedback yeah i'll I'll answer a little bit so yeah i mean it depends on what date number they get to in terms of if they want to reject somebody um you know it depends how many experiences you've had with the person whether you should text whether you should call whether you should meet them in a park and let them down we have blueprints for that Um, but essentially if you haven't spent that much time with them you could send them a nice note um, if you spend a little bit more time with them, maybe you meet them in a park. Um, so that's kind of how we do it. When when they when our students get rejected, we do everything we can to support them on coaching calls, talk through maybe what what they did right or wrong on the date, if, if they can remember. Um, so we just really just support them, whether it's in the private community, um, whether it's in a coaching call, we just get them to show up so we can talk through it. Yeah, I think what's really um, interesting to observe is a lot of these guys come in and they haven't had, they're not having success and then they start having success and they realize that part of success means they have to reject. Mm-hmm. And that's really brand new because they weren't in that position before where they had a lot of options. And it's really, that is, is to answer your question about how do they find their own value? That's a part of it. It's like, all right, so this girl is like not responding to your messages or she's not responding in the way that is respectful. She's canceling things last minute. She's communicating in a disrespectful way. Um, Do you think your ideal girlfriend would behave that way and would make you feel that way? And so first it's like checking in with, oh, I'm worth more than this. I don't need to be treated like this because I have options now, whereas before I didn't. So I thought I'll just chase whoever. Um, And so that's really a cool process to see them realize, oh, now I have to change and I'm going to have to let this person down. So then coaching them through that, you know, and, and being polite and respectful, but like that person's not qualified to date you. They're not treating you well and you deserve more, you know, you deserve somebody who treats you the way you want to be treated. So that's really interesting. And then of course, rejection, when you're getting rejection, uh, rejected that just it will always cause emotion you know we don't want to be rejected it hurts even if we didn't really like the person it hurts our ego we're like oh what's wrong with me so it's just reminding yourself that it's not really a rejection that that means i'm bad it's just there wasn't chemistry there yeah, it wasn't that, the fit and I, i'll tell you just for my experiment like i'm a pretty humble guy ian i've probably approached a thousand women in my 20s um, you get to a point where you just do not care you get to a point where, you know, it's fine. You don't want to go out with me again. That's cool. And you're just on to the next one. Um, 
becoming numb also has its downsides as well. Um, you, you need to remember to value every experience. Yeah. And it's important to celebrate your actions, not your outcomes. Yep. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy, so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. I love that. I love that. That would help so many people because a lot of people think, oh, she rejected me. It's the end of the world. Well, you should be glad. She's it's stopping a lot of a lot of wasted dates, a lot of resources, time, money, etc. Now, when you're going on these dates, how do you be yourself? I know it's a kind of cliche thing to say, but I found that when I was trying to be a normal guy, didn't really work. I always felt a bit off after our, you know, texts and stuff like that because I found myself being a bit too emotionally invested. I was always, you know, I probably text too much. I probably was doing too much for them and you know probably coming on too strong and i remember a date another dating coach i spoke to said just dial it back let them work for the effort you know and if they're not willing to put the effort in they're not the right person for you find that the people that you connect with but as soon as i started talking about the podcast jujitsu all these sorts of things i became alive in dates rather than Mm. playing the character how do you how do we be ourselves and build this kind of, you know, sell yourself on a date? But so you're not hiding, you're not pretending, you're, you know, like how do you make sure that the, you're gauging that's the right person for you, but you're also being yourself so that they can like truthfully judge you as well? Yeah, I think it comes with repetition. You know, you go on the first date, everybody's going to be weird. It's the same thing as an interview. You go on the first interview for a job, you're like so weird and awkward, right? Usually, I don't know, unless you practice a lot. Um, But it's really comes down to repetition. And the more practice that you do, the better you're going to get. And I wouldn't say to somebody who had never been on a date, just go be yourself. Because what does that mean? A, a lot of us don't even really know who we are yet. B, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff you could do wrong on a date, to be honest with you, like be yourself. And now you're going to go talk about work the whole time, or you're going to talk about exes, or you're going to talk, you know, you're going to say something that's like, that's not really the, you know, talking about your medical condition, right? Like that's not super sexy. Um, But we give our students a framework for like, here's what's good to talk about. Here's what's going to pull at her emotional heartstrings and get her really engaged in the conversation. Here's a framework. And in the beginning, everybody's awkward because we don't think about it naturally. It's kind of like interviewing. You know, you go on an interview. Interviewing is not natural. It's not intuitive. You don't just go on an interview and crush it and get a job at Google, right? You got to practice. So I think with practice, you start to get really like that skill set for for socializing. And it really is a skill set. How do you how do you communicate in a way where you're helping someone engage with you and really it's a fun conversation, it's a meaningful conversation. 
there's a set of skills that you need to develop. And then as you're developing those, you start really learning kind of who you are. So I would say it's through the process. Honestly, when I did the 100 date experiment, I started out totally in ego. Um, really, I was just an asshole. You know, I was kind of like, I don't know, I can't explain it, but I, I, I wasn't being myself at all because I still didn't know who that was. And it took going on a lot of dates to realize, well, A, I got tired. You get tired after you do a bunch of dates. And eventually you're like, oh, God, I can't put on a show anymore. You know, I'm just going to be who I am, hmm. take it or leave it. But I've also developed social skills so that when I interact with somebody, it makes them feel good. Does that make sense? No, definitely. I mean, because I, I think that's the problem is there's too much of this. Oh, I can't tell her about that because I don't want to know. And then you hide things about yourself. Whereas I want to know everything about it. I'm wanting to, you know, them to tell me about their greatest fear or the thing they've always wanted to do because I've got so many things I want to do in life now that I've kind of realized that there is so much potential. And I want to like, oh, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And I think I kind of hid behind who I pretended to be, not who it actually was. So definitely, I mean, and that's why I love that there's people like you working there who can bring these people out of their shells, get them the dates, find the people, show them that they've got the value and find the, the people. But what was it about Thomas that you that you selected? Because you had a number of dates where you connected with people. There's a number of dates where you took people on a couple of dates. What was it, you know, what, what was made you go, this is the man for me? And what, how do you transition from multiple dates to a serious relationship? How does your mindset need to change when people start finding the right partner for them? Yeah. You know, so through the process of mega dating, you see patterns. And because I dated so many people, I noticed that Thomas was very different. You know, I'd, I'd seen a lot of patterns. I'd seen a lot of guys behave a certain way. There were some really great guys, um, but Thomas was clearly very different. And I see this in students too. They're, they'll go on dates with all these women and then there'll be a clear one that stands out, just absolutely different than the rest. Um, Thomas, what was different than him, I think number one was his presence. A lot of people that I dated were not present with me. And that's why we asked the question, what color were her eyes? to our students because we really want to make sure they're present and even presence takes um, practice yeah. because it's really, when you're really nervous, you're really in your head and you're not in your body. And you're like, he was so present that we were able to connect because he, I don't know, he wasn't in his head and he was very charismatic because of that. And I mean, that's really the main thing. He also did a really great job of um, underestimating over delivering, which I think is so important. So, you know, the example that, that I remember was he said he was going to take me to the train station so I could go home while well, the train would take me like 45 minutes in another direction. So I expected him to take me to the train and he instead decided he was going to drive me all the way to my front door. So <laughs> I was expecting less and then he totally over delivered. And I was like, Oh my God, this guy's so nice. Um, and that, I mean, that really set him apart, just those things. And then he was really thoughtful, like, he got me a tuna melt one night, which just sounds small, but just being thoughtful and being present was so refreshing after dating so many guys who um, were nervous and who were in their head and who who weren't present. So I think that's really what set him apart. Um, Thanks. Yeah. He just seemed to be more focused on not himself. 
if that makes sense. You know, just like really mm-hmm. outward focus. And then, so how then did you transition from multiple dates to a serious relationship? You know, that once somebody has found that person that they really want to settle with, you know, because you continue working with them afterwards. But how do we switch from I'm going on 50 dates to suddenly I want to date this person? I want to connect and be with this person. Does anything change? Or through the program, do they do they just open themselves up to it and they just have multiple dates with this person for the rest of their lives? Yeah, it's interesting. I have a guy right now who I'm working closely with who just is going through that transition and he went on like 70 dates and it's just, it's just so clear when the person shows up, that's your person. It's just like really obvious when you've gone on so many dates um, they're putting in effort, you're putting in effort. It's like equal, they're respectful, all that stuff. Um, yeah, there is an interesting transition. You don't want to rush it. You know, I think a lot of people, not a lot of people, some people rush it, some people avoid it. So it's interesting to know which, which way you go. Um, but there are certain milestones that you want to hit before you really get into that. You want to go on a trip together. You want to meet the friends and family. You want to have a, a fight. You want to see how that goes. Um, and you kind of want to see, yeah, like, did I say the trip? Yeah, you want to go on a trip. Yeah. You want to see how it all goes. And then making that transition should feel really good. Yeah. And, you know, and then you just, yeah, you just date, I guess. Yeah. you go well, through the- I'll tell you our story. So when we met, um, we were both dating other people. I was actually dating another girl named Jamie. Um, that was another reason why I was so relaxed. Um, Emily was like, like absolute stunner. I was just like, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't, there wasn't a lot of pressure on me cause I was kind of dating somebody else. Not really, but uh, enough. Um, and we dated for like four or five months, I believe. Um, she actually didn't want to commit, uh, to me as much as, as quickly as I think I was ready about month three or four. And I remember we took a trip actually to Chicago to watch a Cubs game. Um, and we, she, we got family out there. Um, and I remember going to a game with her and I just, it was like at month five and I was like over it. I'm like, you know, I, you know, I, I kind of like gave her an ultimatum. I'm like, yo, uh, we've been dating for five months. Um, you're, we're either together, you know, on the way home or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to move on and, and start dating other people uh, again. Uh, so, you know, that was our big milestone moment of, okay, let's do this. You know, yeah. Do you think you know at that moment? You know, do you think you just kind of because I always think like, oh, how do I ask this person? It just happens, isn't it? When you feel that connection, I mean, I I thought, oh, like I'm never going to get this with another girl, and then suddenly, before I know it, I'm dating for eight months, and I'm like, what, what happened there? And I think we make right. it overcomplicated, don't we? We just get we yeah. get in our own ways. Yeah. It's, yeah. So what? What kind of changes, you know, have you seen in your clients? Have you have do you have a favorite client transformation that stands out? That somebody that you think is the standard for your program that just is the ideal person if you want to show somebody the transformation that you can instill in your clients or help them find. Um, uh, I mean, we've been doing this a long time, so there's a handful that really stick out to me. Um, I know who you're going to pick. Um, I'll, I'll pick somebody else, I guess. You don't know who I'm going to pick. I, I do know who you're going <laughs> to pick. Yes. Um, I'm not going to say any names, but this is a guy who just, um, 
signed up about a year ago, I think. Um, and he did really well in the program and he got into a relationship. Um, you know, you know, look, we work with people of all ages, as long as they want love, it could be from 19 to 70. Um, that it doesn't really matter about like an archetype. Um, generally, um, it's somebody who's hardworking and willing to do whatever it takes to get to their goal. Uh, this specific person to me, um, just had what it took. Um, his, his, we got into a relationship and there was a moment where she broke up with him. Um, and because we have a, a lifetime membership, we helped him get out of that situation, get back with her. Okay. All right. He's one of my favorites because he had, he just, whatever it took, he was going to handle it. And even when they broke up for like 30 days or whatever, he came back into the coaching calls and he's just like, we need to figure this out. I love this person. Um, and it's just people who have commitment to getting to their goal or people mm -hmm. that we love to work with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's cool to see the transformation. So I'm thinking of um, the student who just got in a relationship like yesterday uh, that we were talking about or that I was talking to. Um, what was cool about him is that he came from another country yeah. and didn't know how to date in America because actually dating in different countries is way different, right? And so he didn't understand the customs, any of that. And also he felt insecure like about his height, uh, the country that he came from. It was like not cool to be tall. And so he came in with all of these, like not not confident about what to do and, and really didn't know what was going on. But he looked at it like a science experiment, just like how we talk about. And um, he went on a ton of dates and it was cool to really see his confidence over time. He's like, wow, I feel like I could go on. I feel like I could go on a date with anybody. I feel like, you know, I could do this and learn this and master this. And um, and it was so cool to watch his journey. And then now he just told this girl he loved her for the first time. Yeah. And they're in a relationship now. And it's just so cool from where he started from. He said he'd been on like four dates his entire life. He's like 38, I think, 38, 39. Yep. And um, then he went on like 70 dates in a year and now he's in a relationship with this amazing girl. And it's certainly not, you don't have to go on 70 dates at all, but he was really looking at it from the perspective of, I want to learn this. I want to understand this and I want to master it. And that's what he did in his professional life. So it made sense that he would do it in his personal life as well. Yeah. I love hearing stories like that. I love good people email me and say things like, what was the point? I'm never going to meet somebody or I'm never going to be able to do this or I'm never going to do that. And I just, I always come back and say, well, like I've, I've spent days not wanting to go outside. I've spent days not wanting to be awake. And you know, like when I had really bad depression, it does change. You just, you, when I mean, that's partly why I created the podcast was to speak to amazing people like yourself to show people that these things are possible. The tr these things are possible. And, you know, to, to go and speak to you and work with you and you can open them to a completely new future. You know, forget your past, improve your future, your presence to then go and live and like have the best future you possibly can. But mm -hmm. what would you want people to take from this? Because we're coming up to an hour, uh, you know, and I'd love to have you back on again. I think we're only just scratching the surface, but what would you want people to remember from this? You know, are there like a set of things you'd want people to start thinking about their viewing towards data and dating? Would they? Would you suggest working with a coach? What would you want them to take from this interview as a kind of summarization of everything? Yeah, well, I want to say to people who are listening, the most important thing is that you believe it's possible. You don't have to be certain that 
it can happen, but you have to have a, like a glimmer of hope. That's really important. So when you're describing these people who are writing into you, um, yeah, that would be like a red flag for me. If they're like, what's the point, man, you got to shift your thinking to maybe it's possible. You know, maybe it's possible. Like we both came from broken homes, like our parents, his parents divorced. My parents were never married. Hot mess. Right. We had no role models at all, but we hoped that love was real. We hoped that we could find it. And, you know, we did a lot of dating. It wasn't like, oh, we just found each other one, you know, first date. We put in a lot of work. Um, but if you believe that you can find it and you actually speak that way, like what you say out loud manifests. So if you say, what's the point? I'll never find it. You won't find it. The most important thing is believing that you might or that you can. And once you believe that, once you make that shift, everything starts to shift in your life. And working with a coach can really help, especially in our program where you can see people winning. And you can be like, dude, I got more hair than that guy. And that guy's winning, right? <laughs> I got more teeth than that guy. And that guy's winning. Not to say, I mean, you know, people have teeth, yeah. but I'm just saying, it's like when you can compare yourself and you're like, oh, wow, that guy, he got a girlfriend. I could do this. You know, so putting yourself in an environment where people are winning at what you want to win at is so important. And that's one of our, you know, core values is, yeah. is winning. We teach people to win and you got to believe that it's possible. You don't have to like know how we can help with that. But you got to believe that it it could work for you. You know, like you could find love. It's possible. Find a coach who won't give up on you. If you're looking for, um, if you're looking for love, you know, look for a coach who has it. Um, Big time. And and you always want to hire a coach who has what you want. Totally. Um, And if you got 1% hope, we can, we can get you all the way there. If you don't have any hope, if you're at 0% hope, no coach can help you. Nobody can help you. Um, figure out how to stop being a victim is what I would say first. Um, once you can clear that up, um, then hire a coach, then hire a therapist, then move forward. Um, but yeah, the, the victim mentality thing, um, needs to end. That needs to be solved first. Yeah. Yeah. And also advice from even your friends, like I'll just only take advice from people who yeah. have what you want. Cause sometimes the people with the most, um, what do you call it? Like they want to tell you the most, yeah. they want to give you the most advice, like, if you look at their life, you're like, oh, dude, I don't want anything to do. I don't want to be like that at all. You know, you got to really, I do that all the time. I got to check myself. Oh, does that person have what I want? Mm -mm. Mm, They're talking really loud, but they're not saying what I need to hear. Right. Right. Yeah. There's always people that are the most fucked up are always the (laughs) loudest. (laughs) Yeah. Your friends are always telling you, oh, use this approach, do this, do that. And you're looking going, yeah, I don't want to be ending up there. You know, oh, you yeah, have to be right? drunk. You have to be drunk before you go out, and you're like, no, it's right. just oh, in- no. insanity. Right. It's and if you had your time again, do you think you both would have still had this kind of interaction with the with your challenge? Would you have changed anything about it? What would you revise it now with online dating and things like that? Or do you think it's a great thing for everybody to do? Single people, obviously. Kind of broke up there. Did you get that? Oh yeah. Can you repeat it? I think it broke up yeah. a little. Um, no, it's just to think about if you if you had your time again, would you redo it? Mm. Would you you know like would you change anything, or do you think this is a kind of approach, mega dating, doing an experiment like this that would work for all single people? I would definitely change the way I did it back in the day. Yes, I would have done less bars and clubs. I would have done the M Loves program to the T. 
It's been, we've, our program has been optimized every month for the last 12 years. Um, so we can see in our program what's working and what's not, we change it. So I would definitely, um, <clears throat> I would definitely not do as many cold approaches in 2023. Yeah. In 2023. Sure. Yeah. It's a little different. Yeah. It's way different. Yeah. yeah. People right now after COVID too are like a little bit timid and scared to get close to people even a year later. Um, and we see it in our program. Like people go out. Um, one funny story real quick. We just had a guy last week um, go out to a park and approach a woman, um, and a couple, like two women. He approached two women and he told us what he said. It was very, very simple. Um, followed the blueprint. And, you know, this lady wasn't used to getting close to people, even three or four feet. And she literally called the cops. Um, and it was, it was crazy. That would, I don't think would have ever happened in my time. Um, just, Hey, how, how you guys doing kind of a thing. Um, so it's a little different these days dating and approaching. Mm. I mean, yeah. I definitely find yeah, that, you know, like when you can't, you can go and speak to somebody in a club or a pub or a outside suddenly now it's, are they on the apps? You know, what, what message do you send them? Is it three days before you reply? And you're like, no, it doesn't need to be. But it's this silly kind of, oh, no, no, you don't do that. You have to have this kind of photo. Oh, everybody's got shirtless photos. And, oh, you can't tell them about this because it's not cool. It's nerdy. And it's I, that's why I'm so glad programs like yours exist because that bullshit can disappear. But how would would you change anything, Emily? About what I did to find him? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think so. I mean, mega dating is a useful strategy for everything. You know, even for like meeting friends, for interviewing, for like hiring people. You know, yeah. it's just like basically just doing something in repetition, I think, is just the way to succeed. You know, that's kind of how you actually learn. just you just met a really good friend. She did a 20 friendship date experiment last year yeah, and met a, re- a Bumble BFF experiment. And she met a really great friend who just came over this weekend to meet our new little baby. Um, super cool. I'm really glad that you did that experiment to meet her. She's super yeah. nice. Yeah. The cool yeah. thing about experimentation and looking at life from that perspective is um, it helps you see yourself more clearly. Like when you're looking from a neutral third party perspective, in not judging yourself, you start to see like, oh, I'm kind of like, I could improve. Maybe there's some things that I need to work on in myself, you know, to be a better person. And that's really the point of our, our program is like, you're going to attract that amazing woman when you're the most amazing version of yourself. And that's going to happen naturally as you go through this process, because you're going to see not only the patterns around you, but what we see in the world is really who we are. Like attracts like. So it's like a mirror and it's, it's a feedback loop. And so I think, yeah, I would do mega dating. Spend again. 30 minutes a day working on yourself every single day. It will compound. I promise you, whether it's dating, whether it's at the gym, whether it's talking to random people at Starbucks, whatever it is, just 30 minutes a day, get outside of work, get out of your head, go do something every single day. Um, and it will build. And for people listening now who are so pumped up, they're ready to take it on. They're seeing you too and thinking, oh, that's what I want. You know, maybe they've come from a broken home. Maybe they've, their parents are together, but they don't understand. They were never taught about connecting or finding the right person. You know, maybe they don't have good role models, etc. How can people find you guys? How can they join the program? How can they connect with you? you know, be working with your coaches, that sort of thing. 
how can we keep you know follow this journey that you're on as well you know your social media your website etc sure um yeah I, I guess um we got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles on our site they can check out for free advice we have the same amount on youtube you could check us out there um you know want to give them our website oh mloves.com e-m-l-o-b-z victorzeta.com um, you know, if you're interested in the program, I'd encourage you to watch our 40 minute masterclass first, um, mloves.com slash masterclass. Um, take a look at that. Um, you'll know probably, um, after watching that 40 minute video, if we're something you want to, you know, if mloves is something you want to do. Um, and then the next step after that is to book an intro call with us so we can understand your challenges, um, get to know you, figure out what your goals are. Um, and if it's a good fit, we can talk about how the program works, um, a little bit more in detail. Yeah. And we're at mloves on all the socials. E-M-L-O-V-Z. Yeah. I just ask if anybody books a call um, that um, they're ready to make a change and they're ready to get out there and uh, improve themselves. Well, that's it for another week. And thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.